Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Pruno and D. Damn, that felt good. Oh, shit. Trudeau, how you feeling, baby? I'm feeling great, man. I'm on the road right now in the uh, beautiful state of Connecticut. Funny behind the scenes for those listening and watching live. So you hear music in the background. I forgot my headphones, so I hear nothing. So all that dancing I was doing, I have no idea what I'm dancing to, man. I don't know what's going on anymore. He's offbeat anyway. I don't really think you can blame it on the music. I think even it's if my you whiteness. Could hear, yeah, even if you could hear the music, you'd still be offbeat. But we'll give you a little bit of credit on that one. Hey, man, it's too early. Not only is it early, but it's a new year. So as we start to show off every fucking time, happy fucking Monday, baby. Hell effing yeah, man. How was your week? Uh, week was good, man. Week was good. Um, I think we had a lot going on when it comes to, obviously, like Christmas leading into New Year's. But damn, what a weekend. Uh, we were able to get some... We didn't get Chinese food, oddly enough. Uh, we actually went out on New Year's Eve, and then we were like in bed by like 6.30 because we're old as shit. <laughs> damn, bro. You didn't even stay up to like 10. I got to 10 at least. I think I think I was laying down at like 9:30. Like I fell asleep, took a I took a nap, but like a nap at like 6:37. So I was like I ain't going to make it. I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and peace out and we'll look, we'll watch the ball drop on the replay tomorrow on ABC. Yeah. I was actually talking to my wife about this one. Is uh is New Year's the most overrated holiday out there? I think the older you get, the more it is. Um, the, it's just, what are you celebrating, right? It's another day. It's like, it's new year, new me. No, it's Time not. to get fucked up. Yeah, exactly. When you're younger, I feel like it was a lot easier for you to go out and, you know, you go into Boston, you go into some major city and you party it up. But like now it's just like, you got a kid, you got, a, you got kids, you got a wife. You're just like, I just want to get something to eat and just lay down. <laughs> Those those cover charges too when you go on out, man. Like back in the day, were ridiculous. If you look at it in the door, yeah, bro. Just to just to walk into a motherfucker was like you said, fifty bucks. Let alone it, like I mean, we both went into a Boston bar, so that's like twelve dollars a beer. You're dropping at least three, four hundred dollars on like five drinks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I remember the one time I went out for New Year's. It was with Corey Aaron's and uh, and that gang, and uh, and I think Maddie Broom was there as well, and. Uh, yeah, I didn't make it to New Year's. I got I got way way too drunk, way too quick. Um, we made like a tower of jungle juice, and I I made it back to the house via taxi by eleven o'clock and just died. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I paid the cover. So you paid to get in, didn't even and get in, and then just left. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Happy New uh, Year's, everyone. Yeah, I'm saying I don't miss that type of shit. But yes, definitely Happy New Year's. Maybe 2023. Some new stuff that we got going on, as you guys can tell. I'm going to be in the lead today with Trudeau on the road. We want to make sure that he's got as much time to rest. Uh, he's got a lot of things going on. So one of the more important things, at least for me, the best ability is availability, showing up, especially when you know situations happen when you don't have to. So I appreciate you being here, man. Like that's kudos to you. We won't get into what and why not, but like I appreciate you actually being here, obviously, when you could have just said, hey, let's try to do this next week. Yeah, and I'm broadcasting from the beautiful <laughs> Courtyard by Marriott. Shout out to Courtyard. Solid I mean, get up. Yeah, yeah, at first I was like, damn, Trudeau, like, you, you I got upgraded. your get up like that. Yeah, I was like, we, you should be broadcasting from where you're at instead of your office from now. Oh, <laughs> you, you didn't know we're getting checks for this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of, because we getting paid. No, we don't get paid to do this, man. Like, we do this shit. It's all free. It's all love. 
But breaking news, because it's 2023, and again, we're trying to expand as much as we possibly can, a new business Facebook page was created for your boys here at Frizz and the Grizz, the podcast. So if you guys get a chance, definitely check us out on Facebook. We'll throw the link in the description, obviously, when we get a chance later on today. So you guys can stick around. We can throw that out there for you. Hit us up with the follow. Hit us up with the like. You guys can comment. All of our content will start to get placed onto that as a platform. We're still new to it. Um, actually, brand new. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But it was really fun just to see other podcasts, I guess, like format and like what we can do to try to promote our business as well. Yeah, dude, you did a good job. Looks fresh. I like it, man. Hey, before we get started with the football stuff, because I know we have college football, right, and NFL later. Um, so as I said to kick off the show, I'm in Connecticut. And as I'm driving through Connecticut, I'm thinking to myself, this has to be the lamest state in New England, right? <laughs> like, here's, hear me out, right? And maybe you can give me your rankings and like where you think the states in New England fall. But like at least in New Hampshire and Vermont, you got mountains, you got ski areas, there's like stuff to see. Even Maine, they're a little weird up there, but you know, they got some beautiful wildlife scenery. Rhode Island's on the water, you got Newport, you got beaches. Obviously, Massachusetts, I'm a little biased, but come on, we got Boston, great, great state. And I'm I'm driving through Connecticut. I'm like, where can I stop and do something fun here? <laughs> there is nothing here, man. Nothing. So you were I was with you, I think. I almost want to put Maine up there because there ain't shit up there in Maine. Like, there really isn't. I know. I mean, if you keep going north and north, like snowboarding maybe, but like, there ain't shit up there in Maine, bro. Nature, buddy. Get get crunchy. vibing with nature. We all know that you've done that before. Um, But Connecticut might take the cake because it's like the annoyance state. We're just like, am I through this yet? Before you get to New York, it's just like, how long? Like, this is the shortest or the smallest state in the country, but like, it still takes me three and a half hours to fucking drive through it. So yeah, I, I, I definitely can, I guess, agree with you with saying it's probably the worst New England state. Shout out to those that live in Connecticut that are listening to us. We got nothing but love for y'all, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah the, that state is trash. The people, the people are great, I'm sure, but like, there's nothing going on. It, it's like the the Oklahoma of the North, really, is the way I'm looking at it. Oklahoma of the North really isn't anything besides just the Sooners in Oklahoma, right? Oh, OKC. Never mind. I guess they got the. They condo. even got a sports team. Yeah, I guess they... Hartford Whalers got stolen a long time ago. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not messing with Oklahoma when it comes to that. So if you want to compare Connecticut to the the, the northern eastern style of Oklahoma, that's all you, my guy. All right, you want to talk some football? Let's talk some football. Why not? So we had a solid lineup of games, especially with the uh, with the playoffs basically right around the corner. I don't I don't remember. I know that they just added week 18 last year, but I don't remember week 16 being as exciting in the past as week 17 is now. Does that make sense? Yes. So the reason why I say that is because like those games, there was actually a lot of really entertaining games games that like not only like meant a lot for just teams when it comes to playoff seating but like teams that were like kicking people out of the playoffs for no reason obviously the saints being one of them we can get into that later but like one of the biggest games that i think happened oh you oh my you talking about this damn you couldn't say something i'm over here rambling off about the nfl and you, you couldn't say something about college football I thought you wanted to go off jump with college football See, because you're a college football why, guy. This is why you run shit, and this is why I just sit back and look cute. But, no, we could go off <laughs> with college football. Definitely some really big games with college football. I was wondering what the fuck you were pointing at. I was just like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm looking at you too. I looked at my mic just to make sure that, like, I wasn't muted and whatnot. 
Uh, but the New, Year's, the New Year's Six game is definitely something that were, uh, were more, more interesting than the, the NFL games because of, obviously, the college football playoff. Uh, one of the games that you had talked about outside of uh, the, I guess, college football playoff games was Bama and Kansas State, was that? Yeah, yeah. So How like, much of that game did you get to watch? I watched about half of it, and then that's all you needed to see because it was mm-hmm. a complete annihilation. Uh, Alabama took care of business. And I was a huge, I've had mixed feelings, right? Because I was a huge advocate for Alabama being in that top four for the college playoffs. And I was on Twitter raising hell saying, put Alabama in, this is bullshit. And then the college football playoff games happened. And I was like, "Uh, I guess I'm wrong there because that was also good. Um, But I think what you saw with Alabama is they are in that class of the top four. Only four teams got to get into the uh, semifinals. And it's weird because most years you see like at least one of the games be complete blowout in the top four. But it almost feels like there was six teams worthy of being in that top four slot. And I'm adding Tennessee in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I want to say the committee got it wrong because Alabama just annihilated K-State. But really... They got it right in Alabama is still like they can simultaneously have it right with the final four, but also have it wrong because Alabama should be in. But there's a good reason why they're out because the four teams were worthy. Yeah, those other games, obviously, we can talk about those. But like Bama just showed that like they're still Alabama, right? They're not I don't think I'm not going to say that their reign at the top is over. It's just took a hit this year. Uh, I'm not on the, you know, the you know, I burn all the, you know, fences down and, and fire saving. They got to retool. They're still going to get recruits because of the name Alabama, obviously. It's just much more of a leveled playing field. And like, they have to learn how to play, I guess, like when it's a lot closer in talent compared to like when they go up against Kansas state. Cause like that was essentially all sec games for them the last 10, 15 years. Like they were, yeah, they were blowing out anybody. It didn't really matter. And if they got clipped, it was, you know, a one-off one off game that they probably, you know, was a close game for the, the entire game instead of it being a blowout. But <laughs> Kansas State is no match for Alabama, man. Like the yeah. SEC teams, when they want to, there's really no good matchup for those teams. We saw in, you know, the Purdue LSU game, like granted it's Big Ten SEC, but like, those teams, there's there's just no match for the SEC powerhouse teams. Yeah, this was definitely a statement game, in my opinion, for Alabama for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously, we've been we on this podcast and people all around the media have been questioning Nick Saban and can he keep this going? And you know, with a couple of extra weeks to prepare, it he kind of not only won but wanted to win in a fashion that proves to all the doubters that he's still Nick Saban. But also a statement game. I know people were like, "Well, Bryce Young, you're going to go." top 10 somewhere in the draft you don't he didn't have to play you've seen guys in previous years opt out and i'm i'm for it like i understand like get your bag secure it because you can play that bowl game get hurt but he made a statement saying i am the number one overall draft prospect if you saw that performance by bryce young just look at the tape you have to take a number one um i still don't think he will go number one just because his measurables might be a little off he's a smaller quarterback but it's big statement games for both Nick Saban and Bryce Young. So I didn't see the Kentucky game. I didn't watch a single moment of it because Will Levers was isn't sitting. Iowa. Yeah. yeah, so Will Levers was sitting, and that's who his comp is when it comes to who's going to be the first drafted quarterback. Like, we saw Kyler Murray get drafted number one overall at 5'8". So, like, I don't really – 
if you're six foot, like he's still going, he has an offensive line that's going to be in the NFL, right? They're not right. like five, 10, six, two, six, five, six, 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 eight across the board. So like he's seeing lanes, he's making pre snap reads. And I think he started off like 10 for 12, four touchdowns, something not but it was something stupid like that. He had four touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, like ended up with – I think his his line at the end of the game was like 20 for 25, five touchdowns overall. Like that is just insane. And like he's been doing that. He's got a Heisman – he's got a Heisman trophy on, uh, you know, under his belt. He's got a national championship under his belt. We're seeing those quarterbacks that people think should be the number one quarterback kind of tail off. Like look what happened with Zach Wilson, right? Like he, he has all the tools to be a quarterback. Right play the competition and Kentucky, obviously like they're better because they're in the sec. They're not the greatest sec team, sec team. Right. And Bryce young is playing the best every single week, essentially. Yeah. So like he's his measurables, I feel like aren't something that would be a negative when it comes to like his style of play. We are seeing, which we did it for the longest time with AJ McCarron, um, with what's his name? Something McElroy. Uh, I can't remember his first Greg name. McElroy? Greg McElroy. We saw Bama quarterbacks get into the NFL and struggle. And then what happened like the last three to four years? I talk shit about him, but Mac Jones, serviceable, just not in New England. Tua, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Like they're producing quarterbacks now. I don't want to get too caught up on the Bryce Young thing, but I'm glad you mentioned Tua because I think Tua is a great comp as far as why I'm concerned. Right, because we know we knew coming out of college, Tua had all the tools. He obviously had the hip injury, which dropped him in the draft. But you've seen what happened to Tua this year. He's a not only is he shorter, but he's got a very slender frame. And mm-hmm. I worry with Bryce Young at the next level with these mammoths trying to kill him on the D line. That can his body hold up when he takes this punishment? Because Tua now in concussion number three in one year, right? And Bryce Young, I know you're saying, well, you know, he's short and you've seen short guys succeed. He's also really slender. And it just worries me personally if I'm drafting a quarterback. The reason why I don't worry about frame is because I've seen Kyler Murray perform in the NFL. And that's that's the only reason why I like, like how I, you're now the Kyler Murray defender because you hate no, him. No, I, I can't so stand him, but I'm saying he like when you when you talk quarterbacks, like especially like with that position, like his position specifically. Tua, I feel like he is. He had a problem in college because he didn't know how to get tackled. That is an actual skill as a quarterback is to learn how to take a sack or learn how to just eat a play. And he doesn't know how. He falls back on his head way too often. Or even when he's falling forward, he tries to get to his back. And it's like, you are hurting yourself. He did it in Bama. Like he tried to squiggle out of a tackle and that's when he hurt his hip. And it's just like, you've got to learn how to get tackled. Bryce Young He's not really a scrambler. People just assume that like he is. Same thing with CJ Stroud because they're fast, but like he's a pocket passer, meaning he's timing routes. He's trying to get that ball out quick. If he has to make a play, he will. But like that's different than Tua, who was like, let me try to get outside, throw it on the run. Or Kyler, let me get on the outside, throw it on the run. Bryce is trying to stay in the pocket and throw. Now, I know you want to get to the semifinal games in a moment, but like the thing that I find most confusing about this whole thing is when I saw Alabama absolutely annihilate K-State and we know K-State and TCU went down to the wire the previous week, or I think it was a couple weeks before that um, for their conference championship game. I thought, oh man, TCU is going to get run out the door by Michigan and that did not happen. So I, I'm a little confused on how to evaluate that Kansas State-Alabama game. The only thing I can really take away from it is that 
looking at the totality of the bowl season, the SEC is still the king on the mountaintop because if you look at the other game, I don't know what what the game was with the Orange Bowl between uh, Clemson and Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. Another one where Tennessee handled um, them pretty easily. And then your team, LSU, just put a whooping on Purdue tonight. So just game after game after game, these big SEC schools are just walloping the competition. And I'm just looking forward to the championship game, right? TCU put up a good fight. And I know I don't want to get too far ahead, but TCU put up a good fight against Michigan. I just, I feel like we've seen the sample size where these SEC teams, they're just unstoppable forces right now. They are. Um, the only reason why I'm, I'm not going to be as for Georgia this game compared to like normal SEC teams, especially in championship games is because like what TCU is actually doing, they are running the ball and they are running it like through the tackles and it is bullying people. So like they have a little running back that unfortunately didn't get to play, but like they got another dude Amari DeMarco or DeMarcido. He literally is just a bowling ball, 5'11", 210, and was just all gap, gap, dive, power. They just ran it right at Michigan. And like, that's how you kind of bully the bully in the SEC is they typically struggle with scrambling quarterbacks or run games. Like whenever those type of quarterbacks come into the SEC, a la Cam Newton, a la, you know, Johnny Manziel, those big powerhouse teams kind of struggle, right? Because they're just sick. They want to use their speed. They want to use their force to bully someone. And then when they get smacked in the face, they kind of don't know how to retaliate. And TCU and Max Duggan, like they have that weird chip where they're just like, we've been literally the underdog every single game this season. And we've been ranked in the top five since like week three. So like, they're like, we're playing with house money. We like, we know that we're going to be two score underdogs against Georgia. We're just going to go out there, try to run the ball down their fucking throat, play defense as best as we could. They run a four two five, which is ridiculous. And they're just going to try to keep everybody in front of them. Like that's as simple as it gets for their formula, I guess, to try to win. Well, do you want to start and break down the previous game? Cause we're talking about TCU. Do you want to talk about TCU Michigan? Because personally, I think the miracle season is over at this point. I think they're going to get annihilated by Georgia. <laughs> and if we're going to be honest, they, I would say that TCU rather than TCU didn't win that game. I think Michigan lost that game because of the two pick sixes. You're giving up 14 points right off the back. They had another fumble. Michigan just couldn't couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot the entire game. I'm with you on that one. The only reason why I'm not going to say that right, like right away is because the pick six was huge. But Max Duggan, with his interception that he threw, was like, you know what? Hey, get back, get on my back. Like we're going to drive down the field. I'm pretty that 76 yards was that drive off of a pick. Like he threw an interception. Their defense came up with another stop, and then he was just drove him right down the field and scored a touchdown. That type of response is huge when it comes to JJ McCarthy, who was playing like dog shit for some reason. I thought he was like a, a top draft pick next mm. year, and he was not too good this this game. And where the, the lights were the brightest, the Big Ten took a huge, I guess. Hit. The the first half, I don't know why, but TCU's like line and pressure really, really, really got to Michigan. And Michigan's supposed to have one of the better offensive lines in the country. I think they've actually won the uh, either I don't know if it's an individual trophy or goes to the group, but they won an offensive lineman trophy. Um, as, as far as like a best position in the in the country. So I'm surprised that happened. But I also have to just 
criticize. I don't know if it's Jim or John. Is it Jim Harbaugh that is a coach of Michigan or is John Harbaugh? Is, John. Uh, don't quote me on that one. I don't know. Let me look. Whatever one, whatever the Harbaugh is. I just think he's just been, <laughs> they he's both been disappointing. Lose a lot. He's been disappointing throughout the entirety of his state in Michigan. I know that they had a the couple wins against Ohio State, which is big for him the past couple of years. But when it comes to doing something in these college football playoffs, it's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. So I think personally, the TCU win, while I think it's a cute story and they do have a lot of guys who still, they're not, they don't have the most talent. They don't have first round, second round draft picks. They have a lot of guys who sit, stay there for three, four years. They have age. They, they play together, which is great. But then when you play against a juggernaut with all five-star recruits, first-round talent in Georgia, the wheels could fall off real quickly. I don't, I'm don't. i getting way too far into the Georgia thing. No, but I just think that TCU should be very happy that they won the game against Michigan. Right. And obviously, they didn't. Every team starts. This is bullshit. Everybody thinks that they're oh, we're going to win a national championship this year. No. Like, it's a great thought, right? Everybody wants to win a national championship. It's not an actual goal for every team. I don't even, I don't think the national championship was a goal for them. So that you're right. Like, they're playing with house money. They should be happy that they made it to the final. But I feel like because of the way they made it there, it's a huge, huge benefit to them over Georgia, who they have to perform. They have to show up because if they don't, like it's going to look bad on their, I guess, overall scheme in the last three years of dominance. It was yeah. just like, well, you let TCU come up and beat you in the national championship game when you guys could have been back-to-back champs. And then you hear all the stats, first back-to-back champ since 2002, like shit like that. Like those kids yeah. have to live with that. So like there's a lot more on their plate pressure-wise. TCU can just show up. And we saw this happen, BCS game with Boise State and Oklahoma, two touchdown underdog. Boise State came out and had probably the biggest upset in the history of college football, obviously. I will say, though, shout out to Max Duggan because mm-hmm. while he he's not an NFL arm, his ability to make plays on the ground is the key element. It's like there's like some secret sauce to being a giant killer and having a mobile quarterback that can just do something special for you when you need it the most is kind of that secret sauce, part of the secret sauce to be kind of the Cinderella team. So I, hats off to those kids because they played their ass off. But uh, Michigan, man, I'm just, I think Michigan lost it more than TCU won that thing. That's just my, my takeaway. It's a fair assessment. Um, it's a great segue into the big, tw- the big 10 laying an egg because there were, there, there were talks about it pregame, which was weird about um, Brian day. I think his name is the, yeah, the coach, co- the head coach for Ohio, Ohio State, State, how people were saying he is on the hot seat for having a 11 and one team in the college football final college football playoff final good it's it's not so much the record it's exactly. first of all you have to understand if you are uh, i don't first of all i apologize if you're a listener and you're an ohio state fan y'all are annoying as hell mm-hmm. ohio state fans have high expectations which they should be it's a very historic pride prideful program but losing to michigan in back-to-back years will put you on the hot seat if you're in ohio state that's just plain and simple yeah. But I don't think I don't think that they I think he saved his job, even though it wasn't at risk. This game, this was a good loss. I know I know that a loss is a loss, but they were a hell of a press impressive at this game against uh, Georgia. 
that that's the part that like I think does help him because they I mean you obviously I, I listened to the pregame. I was all for all the college football games on, on Saturday. Like I was ready for him and I listened to pregame. I watched college uh, college game day, like I, I watched all the build up to it. And like that's what some of the experts were saying, experts, quote unquote, were saying that in order for him to keep his job, it has to be a high scoring close game. And he happened to have a top five quarterback in CJ Stroud, like just saving his ass. Some of the throws that that kid makes very Justin Fields esque. Um, and we all saw what Justin Fields was in college, right? Like everybody wants to call him a running back in the NFL, but like that's coaching. That's not him. Um, but CJ Stroud was just like, look, I'm going to put the team on my back. Dude went off of 340 and four touchdowns, no turnovers. Like, you, that's not the quarterback, right? That's not his yeah. fault, which is, again, partially the reason why he may have a job at Ohio State next year. But, like, you can't lose to Michigan back-to-back seasons. And then when you did make the college football playoff three years ago, you got fucking smacked by – no, you beat you beat Clemson. But the year before that, you got smacked by Clemson, like 28 nothing. So, like, big games, they are just not – not it. And it, it's going to – it's going to impact how that coaching staff is going to look at him for next season. Obviously. I th- I personally think it would be stupid to fire him. I think he's, he's done a good job keeping the ship afloat in his couple first couple years as a, as a head coach there. Um, but if they go and lose three consecutive years to Michigan, this might actually come to fruition, right? If you, if you lose to Michigan again and maybe pick up a random loss to an Iowa or like a Purdue next year, it's tough. It's tough selling grind day. Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'd rather talk yeah, more sorry. about Georgia compared to Ohio State's, you know, blunder, unfortunately. But like Stetson Bennett, will, that kid's yo, go ahead. I'm sorry, just one last thing. Yeah. And I think Ohio State wins that game if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get hurt. Because he was torching Georgia. And when as soon as he came out of the game, the game changed completely passing-wise. Yes, but so I saw a tweet and I couldn't help but laugh. And it was, I think it was a route by, I want to say Arian Smith, his four, two speed down the sideline where he just absolutely obliterated the Ohio state corner. And like the tweet read under it. Yep. Because Marvin Harrison would have stopped this play. And it's like, it's so true that like, he just, that Georgia's offense is that fucking good. So, like, I understand that Marvin Harrison is that good. Like, I hope, I wish the best for him, a speedy recovery. I don't know if he's a sophomore or a junior, um, if he's leaving this year. I think he has one more season under his belt at Ohio State. But, like, Georgia's offense is is pretty fucking good, too. So, like, it's hard for me to say that one offensive player not playing in a game that they put up 41 points would have been the difference. They still put up 41 points, right? Like, the offense for Ohio State is still good, but Georgia's offense was just that much better. Stetson Bennett is a fucking winner. He's got Tim Tebow-esque vibes when it comes to college football. I'm not saying he's the kneeling in the end zone and saying gotcha. prayers. I'm saying he's the type of guy that like you look at and you go, that kid can just win no matter what situation, whether they're down early or they're up and team's coming back. He figures it out, and the team kind of sticks with him when it comes to being even keel. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're just like, hey, we're going as, as Stetson goes, and it's worked obviously the last two years. Yeah, he's he's a, a college quarterback. He's not going to really cut it in the pros, but no. that's, I mean, he's playing in college. That's all I need. Um, he's also 30 years old playing in college, so maybe that's part of the reason why. So old. <laughs> I saw like a random stat, and I was just like, I didn't, why do I need to know this? This is ESPN to a day, but it was like 
Stetson Bennett is the same age as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has played in three NFL seasons and has made it to the Super Bowl. Instead, of Bennett is playing his senior year in college football. It's just like, I, like, why do I need to know that type of shit? <laughs> and like, obviously, I Google was like, that motherfucker's 25, 26 years old in college. I felt old when I was 22 playing in college, <laughs> let alone fucking 26. But if there's a position to be 26 years old and being a football player, it's definitely quarterback. Or just like a a, a beasted out middle linebacker laying. I was out. thinking middle linebacker with a cigarette in his mouth. Like when I, once I said quarterback, <laughs> I was like, I guess like you could get away with being an old ass middle linebacker too. You definitely can't be an old ass corner. Trust me, oh, experience only with the cigarette though. Like you need yeah. to have the cigarette <laughs> right before the play. Flick that motherfucker. I don't need no damn mouthpiece. Where my Newport's at? <laughs> and you uh-huh. have to have the single the single bar stri- the face mask. <laughs> yeah, not the, the four. <laughs> yeah, just the one. They had to get rid of um, what's his name, Brady's and Aaron Rodgers, because they had the single strap and they they got grandfathered in for a season. That's a tangent. Then again, we talk football, random shit. Um, what are the games you want to go about with college football? Uh, I had nothing else, but I just want to ask one more thing on mm-hmm. the um, Ohio State Georgia thing for you. As a as a big time college football fan, is that game more of a statement? for georgia or ohio like what do you take out of that game was ohio state that good or did is georgia not as good as we maybe think they are because i i like i said i'm a big sec believer i'm not a big big 10 guy but clearly those teams were just as good as each other that that day in the field i mean it came down to a last second field goal that missed so what are you taking out of that i am unfortunately an sec biased defender uh, I always will root for an SEC over anybody else, even if it is, you know, an L- non-LSU team. What I mean by that is I think it's more of a statement for Georgia because the SEC gets a rap of being just a defensive conference. They only produce defensive players. They like they, they'll, you know, hammer nails, run it down your throat and stop you on defense. And I think when you play up against the Big Tens, the Big Twelves, those teams that put up Pac Tens, those teams that put up 40, 50 points a game, and then you also can go out there. You're just showing that you're multi-talented on both sides of the ball. That like you have NFL prospects that are defensive players, D-line linebackers, and DBs. And then you also have a team on offense that can put up 50 if they want. So it's like pick your fucking poison. What the hell do you do to beat a team like that? And you know, you grind it out as much as you can. Ohio State did their best, but like a perfect game from the opposing quarterback still didn't work. Like, think about that. Literally a perfect game. 400 plus four touchdowns, zero turnovers, 40 points, and you still lost. Like that, that just shows how much better Georgia is where they can give up that and still win a game. So were there any other games you want to touch on from the bowl season? Just because I'm selfish and obviously we talked about it. I'm not saying that it saved his job or anything like that, but if you pulled me at the beginning of the season, I would have been happy with 10 wins. So LSU beating up on um, Purdue, I think it was cool to see. I know they they mentioned it pregame. Uh, Drew Brees was the interim head coach for Purdue, obviously his alma mater. Um, I don't know if like the head coach got fired or something like that. So it was cool to see him on the sideline, but it sucked that he got blitzed sixty three to nothing, sixty three to seven as your first game coaching. Um, also, some strange stuff that happened in the game. There were times where like I was watching and I saw both Jaden Daniels. And the second string, or I want to say at least backup quarterback, was also out there. Brian Kelly's done that in the past, and I don't like that. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. 
So like, mm-hmm. who is the starter, right? So I don't want to have this type of issue going into next season where it's like, oh, it's a it's a competition. It's just like, if Jaden Daniels is your number one, which he was the entire season, why are you playing the game with having two quarterbacks? So that was the only crazy part of the game that I was kind of annoyed about. Uh, Neusenheimer, that's the name, Neusmeyer. Um, he looks good, right? Like he's another, you know, tall, tall, good armed quarterback. So like, I don't want to have a, you know, quarterback competition come, you know, beginning of the season next year. But I'm happy that they got 10 wins, 10 and four isn't what we wanted, you know, especially when we were around week 10 after the Alabama game. Like I was thinking national championship, but I'll give a shout out yeah. to everybody that finished off the season. I think 10 wins is definitely a good staple, uh, especially with how the season started against Florida State. Yeah, like I said to start the season for you, LSU with with Brian Kelly, he's more of a recruiting coach. So just expect better talent to come in and, and him to build off that. I know, I think we should probably touch on the national championship game, right? I think we'd be remiss to just kind of give a prediction. Do you have any idea what the spread is? Because I have it in front of me and I was a bit shocked. I would, like I said, I, I feel like I alluded to it by saying it's most likely going to be a two score game. I don't know if like they'll put up 17. I don't think that they would disrespect a team like that, but I would probably say, do they do 14 or is it like 13 and a half? Cause I don't know numbers like that. You're close. 13 points favored for Georgia. Yeah. I, I you could, just, again, just being in the game, I could tell that it would most likely be a two score spread. I don't know betting like you guys do, but like it's just one of those like you just look at the two teams. You just like they're most likely going to win by a touchdown and a field goal, or a touchdown and a late touchdown, like an interception, pick six. Um, that's how I see betting wise. But I think it's going to be closer than that. There's usually not like blowouts in national championships unless you're LSU playing Clemson. Um, uh, I didn't mean to take a shot at Clemson. I just can't stand Clemson. I love Dabo, but I can't stand Clemson. Um, I don't love Dabo. I think he's cool. He's a cool coach. He's a cool players Corny. coach. Might be, Corny but like he's a, he's a cool players coach. So I'll give him that because there's too many you know people that want to be like Bill Belichick, which is annoying. There's only one. So like I'll give it to those that try to be cool with their you know their their players. Um, but I, I think 13 is a bit much. Obviously, you know more about that betting shit than I do. Yeah, that's a. I would probably take the points on that one, but I definitely think Georgia has TCU's number. Just the talent wise, the discrepancy as far as the you know the guy like the speeds of you know their their wide receiver DB the size the strength it just they're gonna be overmatched TCU and the only chance they do have is we were saying big things about Max Dugan he's another guy like a great college quarterback and his ability to run and make plays with his feet could keep TCU in the game but I just don't I can't see them pulling it off like I said I I know just off of historic um, data SEC teams struggle against scrambling quarterbacks. Mobile. We won't say just scrambling, but like mobile quarterbacks. And like you had mentioned, there's just, excuse me, those plays that someone like, you know, Max Duggan can make on third and four where it turns into a 15 yard run. Right. And it wasn't a designed draw. It was just a play that broke down and he, you know, got past the four line rush. Everybody's in man. He could take off. So like that, that's the type of thing that if they're going to win, or at least they're going to make it compatible. I'm not saying they're going to win, but by no means do I think they're going to. Um, but I think if they're going to keep it competitive, they got to rely on Duggan's legs um, more often than not. Yeah. And before we move on to the next, to your first is five, I think we were being, I don't know, not good fans of the sport by just saying greatest college football playoffs ever so far. Whoa. I didn't, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I know that they've been great games, 
but I think I've heard, I heard a stat today that was like of like the 23 games so far, 21 college football playoff games, um, only like five or six were within, you know, double digits. And to have two games come down to the final be position. decided by like the yeah, go down to the final possession and games being decided by four points or less and high scoring almost 100 points in both games. It means from a neutral perspective, just fun football. Definitely fun. The only reason why I wouldn't give it that tag and it sucks because like it's not a, it's not their problem. It's everybody else's problem. It's because it has TCU and I, I want, I want them to be the underdog and just like something happened. That's not supposed to happen. I love chaos, but there's just not as much build up around Texas Christian university. Bro, right. you're just you're just trashing like uh, who who like Laloya was it Laloya that made the big run in the NCAA tournament? You're just taking out all the underdog Cinderella. Come on now. Well, what I mean by that is just like if there's bigger names and this happens, then yes, and that's to no fault of TCU by any means. But like if there's a 45 or yeah, 45 to 51 game Michigan Alabama, that's ridiculous, right? That's two historic programs. There's just no history history behind TCU for me to say that it's one of the greatest ever. It's a great spark in the pan when it comes to college football playoffs, but like, there's just no name that second, that, that fourth team, Michigan, Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, and then TCU. Well, yeah, exactly. Should have put in Alabama. Yeah, definitely should have. All right, my friend. We're at the the hottest segment on the block. Frizz's five. Can you give me? You didn't even tell me what the uh, topic's going to be today. So can we give us uh, give us the topic or a little teaser before you hit the music? A little teaser. Let's say it's more about my top annoyances, but you don't know what the annoyance is yet. Ooh. All right, I'm digging it. Let's go. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history let's rank some stuff with d it's time for frizz's five big shout outs to uh i don't know if you guys have ever known the reason why i do what i do we 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 hate on him but i don't hate on him because he's a laker i hate on him because of his game before he became a laker but like i, I big shout outs to rusty because i do that every time we do the frizz's five and that's his thing he does that before brody yeah, he's the Brody. He's the triple double, du- triple double king. Um, but versus five coming off the top because it's the new year, and I'm not going to be one of those guys. But I know that y'all like one of them guys or gals for those that are listening. Today we're going to do Frizz's top five New Year's resolutions that are annoying as fuck. Ooh, I like it. Let's go. Like I said, there's really not going to be too much buildup, but we can talk about each one of them if you want and my reason why oh, it's I love annoying. It. But number five, because it's so basic, I can't stand hearing it, start exercising. So you so, don't want people to get in shape. That's nice. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. The reason why I say it is because it's such a broad thing to say. Like, I'm just going to start exercising. To me, like, it shouldn't take from the calendar to go from December 31st to January 1st for you to say something like that. Right. Like if you're trying to get healthy, like you you want a reason to, to live longer, like exercising is great, but just to make it a resolution, like out of everything that you've done in the last 40 years of your life, you're like, you know what? 
It took me to year 41 to be like, I'm going to start exercising. I can't stand when year. I hear that shit. Yeah, like that's the type of shit that's just, it's so annoying. And for those that are new that are listening to this, normally this type of Frizz's Five is all positive, but you guys are getting the hate and annoying because we all hate New Year's resolutions <laughs> when it comes to the beginning of the year. The, the show is better when Darian gets his hater mode on. I will say that. <laughs> I, <laughs> on on the exercise thing though here's the thing pro tip for resolutions or anything in life you can't make something broad like start exercising is too broad so like make a goal where it's you know i'm going to go to the gym twice a week so that's a tangible goal you can check a box on and you know you, you made me feel i feel personally attacked for this one because i have i don't do resolutions i do like I guess it's a resolution. It's a change. I exercise. I go to the gym six days a week, but I suck at pull-ups. So I'm doing pull-ups every day at the gym. I'm on day seven of doing pull-ups. And let me tell you, I, I can do like a whole two now. But no, hey, I'm kidding. I'm like 10. I was going to say two is more <laughs> than zero. But yeah, man, like I'm glad that you said it. I'm not going to give away obviously like the, the goods when it comes to like the reasoning for everything that I have, but you kind of foreshadowed it. So for those that were actively listening to what Trudeau said, it's definitely coming down, down the pipeline. But number four, we're going to talk about it all the time. I can't stand when people say they want to get a new job. <laughs> like, bro, again, why do we wait till it's the new year, new me to say, I want a new job? Like, if your job is kicking your ass, why does it have to be the next year for you to get a new one? Like, leave that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it is ruining you personality-wise, if it is hurting you financially, mentally, especially in the day and age that we are now, post-2020, why is it that it takes people to, like, the new year to want a new job. Like you should have been left that place. If it's bothering you that bad. <laughs> I've never really heard that as a resolution, but so far, let me get this right. So your, your buck list is stay fat people and stay at your broke ass job. I got that right so far. And the way that you're breaking it down. Sure. But I'm telling you, man, like there's a method to my madness and I'm going to tell you it when I get to number one. I love it. I love it. But like, I'm, I'm saying like, these are just things that like, like we all have a lot of shit going on in life. Right. And like you, do, for me, like everybody, unfortunately, unless you're in the C-suite, you're considered replaceable. I've been laid off. Right. I got furloughed for the first time in my life. And it's just like, if I'm, if I'm, I'm a, if I'm a statistic to an organization that I thought I was a key cog to, like, like I need to think about me. And like, that was a big thing that happened in 2020, right? Like we all got hit with that shit, unfortunately. So like, if it takes you to the end of the year to think about getting a new job, like you, you got to leave that place, man. Like don't, don't drag that shit along. Cause all you're doing is hurting yourself. I dig it. Number three. And it's usually money wise, but I still don't like to hear it. Go on vacation. <laughs> Look, I want people to celebrate themselves, right? I want you to enjoy life as Trudeau did a couple months ago, vibing with nature. Right. But like, let's, let's stop making random ass broad no tangible goals as like an accomplishment right like i just want to go on vacation where do you want to go why do you want to go on that vacation right like how long has it been since you've been on vacation like let's start to talk about these type of things instead of just saying i'm going to write down on a piece of paper go on vacation well, where you want to go I don't know. I just want to go vacation. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's the type of shit. Like you hear it. And like, I see that. And like every job does it like, Hey guys, let's talk about our new year's resolutions. And like, you'll see it like 30 times go on vacation. It's like, where the fuck you going to go? Right? Like sit, say where you want to go instead of just go somewhere. 
random tangent, but I, I hate nothing more in life than when you have to sit with coworkers, especially ones that you don't really know well, and like talk about dumb personal shit like that you don't want to talk about. Tangent. So we had to do something before the New Year's. They called this a Christmas party. And yeah, they can go fuck themselves for this one. We had to get to with like 15 people and find something we had in common. So I'm just going to, I decide not to play by the rules. And people were just like, hey, has everyone done, anyone done this? And I just said yes to everything. I did everything <laughs> in the world, baby. The you ever been to Africa? Hell man yeah. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot a gun. Yep. Done heroin. Sure. Why not? What part of Count Africa? me in. Who knows? Congo, baby. <laughs> That's actually yeah. hilarious. That's how you throw a wrench into all like like company plans by being that guy and doing that. Because oh. it's just like, all right, we're going to have five people pick family feud questions and like who can answer all of them? I got the answer for every single one of them. <laughs> I'm that last one that's one person responded. That one person's a douchebag. <laughs> Oh man, but like like I said, there's a method to the madness when it comes to all these style of of uh of goals, or not goals, New Year's resolutions that I just can't stand hearing. So before we get to your number two, I just I'm I'm curious. So if people don't quit their broke ass job, how are they gonna afford that vacation they wanted, D? See, what I'm saying <laughs> is don't wait to the turn of the calendar I know. to quit your broke ass job. Like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, hey, we all we all know that it, what I say is all love. Like, it's not, I'm not a motivational speaker or anything like that. But number two, because again, I know it's part of me. But again, I'm going to hit y'all with that. The, the main thing when I get to number one, lose weight. Again, it's something that's just like, I ain't out there saying, yo, I want to be, I need, I'm fat. Like, stay fat. Because I know you're going to hit me with something like that. That's not <laughs> what I mean. What I'm saying is just like, again, why do we wait until it's like the turn of the calendar for people to want to lose weight, right? Like if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, if you're trying to live for a long time, if you're trying to be here for a fun time, like why do we have to wait for something to go from 2022 to 2023 for you to tell everybody that you know that you want to lose weight, right? Like that should be a daily thing, monthly thing, weekly thing, yearly. It shouldn't be just a resolution so that like when you get to January 1st, you're 205 and you get to January 10th and you're 209, I mean 201. You're like, I lost four pounds. I've accomplished it. Like, what does that do? It does absolutely nothing. And it's just really annoying when I hear it. It's really easy to quit your goals, though, if you start them on January 1st and everyone quits around, I don't know, February 1st. It's easier to quit that way. Yeah. They, well, people like to take the path of least resistance. So people like to have terrible goals or low-hanging fruit goals instead of shit that they know that they're going to fail at. But again, I'm here for the positivity, baby. Number one, do you have a drum roll for me, baby? I can't hear it, but I got it for you. I can't stand when motherfuckers say they want to save money for a New Year's resolution. And look, this is going to encompass all five of these annoying things. The reason why I can't stand like when people say start exercising, get a new job, go on vacation, lose weight or save money because none of them are smart goals. Right. And you said it when it was goals that have tangible meanings behind it. And this is Frizz's TED talk here. Smart, oh, specific. So S, right? Measurable shit that you could actually put a, like a time, not a time frame, so, something that you could look at and you can actually go and get attainable. Like, is it like shit that you actually want to do? Is it a real goal or is it just something that you're just out there saying, I want to make it to the NFL? What the fuck? I'm 35 years old, fat, and I sit at home all day. Like, that's not a goal, <laughs> right? Like, that's just stupid. 
are, I think that's a reward. Like, what are you going to do for yourself when you get that goal? Like something that you're actually trying to get in T I think it's time managed or I can't remember the last, I always screw up the T, but like, it's, it, it's allowing you to set a goal. And like you said, like, if I'm trying to save money, why are you trying to save money? How much money are you trying to save? Right? Like, are you trying to put a hundred dollars each check away? Are you trying to put $50 each check away? Are you trying to get the two grand by Q1, the end of Q1? Are you trying to do this, that, like, those are things that are way more important. And I feel like we all lose focus with that type of stuff. And we're just like, I just want to save money. All right, cool. But like, for what reason? Like, are you trying to buy a house or buy a car pulled up? Um, you want to, you know, get rid of your student loans, whatever it is. Like, it's just where we do as a society a disservice to all those that want to set good resolutions by just having very broad goals out there. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the Frizz and the Grizz TED Talk for today. <laughs> It was hot. It's hot in here. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. You got, you got, you were all fired up. I don't know if, if you're listening on podcast, he was jumping around, making just, he, he's, he lost some weight there. He set his goal. In, I'm sweating like a motherfucker in here, bro. It was 70 degrees out today and like January 2nd. So, like, we don't got the heat on. I got the windows open. It's fucking hot down here. So, yeah, I'm sweating right now. Ugh. But I know you're on the road, um, so I would imagine you were on the road yesterday, probably traveling a lot when it comes to all the games that happened on Sunday. I got a few that I wanted to talk about. And the first one I just wanted to go off of because it is your team, and it is, you know, unfortunately the division that sucks right now. But like somebody's got to win it. And the Bucks Panthers game, there's there's some strange stuff again with Brady when it comes to you just don't want to play that man in the playoffs. And for him to go off yesterday for 433 touchdowns off 75% passing percentage, we all know he's a Hall of Famer, but it's just like, how? why the fuck do I want to face that team? No, not even team, because I said it off air. Why do I want to face that man in the first round of the playoffs, obviously? Yeah, I am not buying it at one bit. If you, I watched the first half of the game, and his passing game is just to the running back. Uh, I think I, I know his last name is White. Is it Rashad White? Yeah, yeah. It, the passing game is just—it's dreadful offense to watch. There's, there's, they don't really open it up. I don't know what happened in the Panthers game. All, all of that passing yards went to Mike Evans. So I don't know if it's—it's it's more of a Panthers cornerback thing. It's you know, but the entirety of the season, it's been. A constipated offense, check down, check down, check down. Brady plays as if, as if he doesn't want to get hit anymore. You know, in the in the past, he'd hang the in. The man a is bit. 60 years old. Obviously, he doesn't want to get hit anymore. I know. He's got his AARP card in the mail, but still, if you expect to win that type of football or play that type of football and win in the playoffs, it's not going to happen. And I have zero faith in the Bucs, especially since they are locked in to play the Cowboys round one. And I know you hate the Cowboys. But man, that Cowboys team was going to give him a nightmare between Micah Parsons and DeMar um, Lawrence. It's it's going to be tough, man. The reason why I feel like that is a game of absolute failure for the Cowboys and McCarthy is because McCarthy won't know what the fuck to do against Brady. Brady will outsmart the entire Cowboys team offensively and defensively where they won't know how to handle it when he has the ball. And Dak Prescott is waiting to get the ball. Like Brady will mind fuck them like wholeheartedly. And I'm not even a Brady defender. Like you guys know that I really could care less about the Patriots. I could care less about Brady when he was there. So like 
I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I'm not going up against that. I don't like the odds of my team going up against Brady coming off of one of his best games of his career. Granted, you're saying it's against the Panthers, but he's still 45 years old. And to say he's just doing checkdowns, I got to math. I had to math check you on that one because I wanted to make sure Evans 10 for 200, Godwin 9 for 120. So he's spreading yeah. the ball. Like I, I get what one you're game. saying. That he's, one game though. Right. But like, we what happened when they won the Super Bowl? The second half of the season was completely different well, than the first. We're half not talking season. second half. You don't figure this out after sixteen games. I'm it not doesn't saying happen it's like a that. Figure out thing. I'm saying he still has it right. And like there were games that like you. Can, oh, sorry. I just saw that something got delayed. Was the Lightning and the fucking Bills Cincinnati game? Anybody know that? I don't know. Man. It says delayed. Sorry, I got caught off guard for that because I wasn't expecting it. The reason why, like I said, to bring it back, we go off on fucking tangents. I don't give a shit if anybody says why did they just. That wasn't a tangent. That's just you watching the the Bills game. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm all over the place and I don't care. But what I mean by it is, like I'm saying, I'm not trying to face the same way that you don't want to play. Unfortunately, LeBron James in big games, you don't want to play Tom Brady in big games either. Can I ask you something? Yeah, what's up? Was the reason you asked about that delay because you're watching your fantasy team right now? No, I'm winning. So, like, I don't care. Okay, I don't even okay. have my game up. I would tell you, look, this is just a screensaver. So, like, I don't have the game up. Um, but I just I noticed it because I'm going back and forth with all of the games because I know where we're about to hit. And I had seen that that game said delayed. So I was very confused. All right. So, like, back to the Brady stuff and the Bucks. You have been singing all the praise for the Bucks these past couple minutes. And yet they still only beat the Poopy Panthers by six points. So how do you expect me to believe they'll do this against an actual good football team? They're only, I believe on the season, they only have one win against a team with a winning record. And that would be the cow. Uh, unfortunately against my <laughs> only argument would be the yeah. Cowboys week one. But I think that was a little bit of a fluke. Again, we'll see if they end up matching up against them. Um, mind they you will. remember. If, so if that, that means that the bucks have a home game, like that's also going they to do. play a factor. Like that is huge. Like, unfortunately, teams that could finish, you know, below five hundred or eight and uh, nine and eight, like they can host the playoff game because the NFL has terrible playoff situations set up. Um, but like that's that's their favor. They're not traveling to Dallas. Like they got to worry about playing on grass. Like is Michael Parsons the same on grass as he has on turf? We don't know. But like those are the type of things that they have to worry about. And Mike Evans is a problem. Not saying that he wasn't prior, but like that man is good really fucking good and he continues to be really fucking good each week before this week he hadn't had a touchdown reception we're in 11 games just, we're going off of just reception i'm just saying touchdowns, we're going off of him being a game changer because he's definitely a game saying, changer. you are saying how good he is but he has been off this year all right, bro. Look, whatever. I know you're the books fan. I could have went off and started with the Saints, but like I didn't want to start off with the Saints because it's such an unnecessary fucking win for them to beat the Eagles. Like it's a frustrating win. I didn't want it to happen. I had one of my boys text me on the side that said, "Oh, it's going to be a blowout." And I was just like, "Yeah, I mean, the Saints don't play well in Philly, so I wasn't expecting it to be a good game." And they beat them. Just like I want the Eagles to be good. I want Jalen Hurts to like hoist the MVP trophy at the end of the year, and I want them to be in the NFC Championship game. But like, why the Saints got to do what they did? All they did was just hurt their draft stock. They can't make the playoffs. Like, they're just a tweener. And I've been on rants before is how much I hate tweener teams. That's what they're doing right now. They're spoiling it for other teams, which usually I don't care about being a spoiler, but like, you're hurting your own team by doing it. 
You will get a quarterback, though. I think this draft class is similar to the Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence draft class, where there's five, there's four or five top quarterbacks that will go in the first round, and they they won't all be at one spot. They'll be spread around. So I think you'll still get a quarterback if you want one, which you need one. It just won't be the guy. Yeah, well, I'm not expecting it to be CJ or Bryce. Um, I mean, if, I, honestly, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a CJ Stroud dropped uh, because of the whole Ohio State thing where everybody's seeing with Justin Fields um, and like everybody's talking up Will Levers. But like, yeah, like 20 to 10, we, we saw, you know, people that like to say, again, I'm no reporter. I don't really care about him. I can't give two shits about it. But like we saw Chris Sims tweet out, anybody could run the Eagles offense and then be successful. Well, they're 0-2 without Jalen Hurts. So, like, quiet the fucking noise with people that are replaceable because Jalen Hurts clearly isn't when it comes to how good that team is. I do have a question for you as as a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. How good is the Saints' um, rush defense? Because what puzzled me about this Eagles game is they only ran the ball, I'm seeing, 15 times total. And their bread and butter up until this point in the season has been running the rock. Well, A, Gardner Minshew isn't their RPO running back quarterback. So, like... That changes their style of offense that I, I, I don't know the, the head coach's name. I can't, I don't fucking know it. Um, but that changes the way that they have to run that read option or just a give that takes away that factor for it. Uh, up the middle, Demario Davis is still one of the best defensive, I mean, uh, linebackers like in the NFL. So like that causes problems. We all know about Cam Johnson on the outside, Cam Jordan on the outside. So like they have a really good defense when they want to be a really good defense. I think they started the year as, as people saying that it's going to be a top five defensive team in the league, uh, at least for yeah. people that were drafting them um, for fantasy wise, like they were supposed to be a good team. They just, it just didn't click with them, but like they have the talent for it. And in a game like this, where like you can play spoiler talent sometimes shows up over a game plan. And I think that's what happened on this one. Yeah. It's, I don't know how this impacts uh, Philly's playoff standings. I'm, I'm going to have to check it now. But it's just an odd loss. So right now they're still the one seed, but now they're in a position where if they lose and San Francisco wins, I think that bumps them from the the one seed, which is problematic. Yeah. So I I read it uh, yesterday. It was there are three teams that have the ability to be the one seed. It's Philly, San Fran, and Dallas. And Dallas would need Philly and San Fran to lose, and they win obviously against the Bucks. Uh, Philly just needs to win, obviously. Uh, but if um, the Niners win and the and the Eagles lose, the Niners get the one seed, even with the same record. For some reason, I don't know what the um, the tiebreaker is because they didn't play each other this season, I don't believe. Yeah, it could be like division record or something like yeah, that. It, it was something strange where I was just like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like they, they put themselves in a bad position because they were talking about it, just saying like, is this the game that you start Jalen hurts? Because if you win it, you get the bye week you get a chance to rest them for an extra week. But if you don't play him, essentially you get that bye week now, right? Like, but your team has to play an extra game in the playoffs if they lose. So like, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow if you're a head coach. And here's the interesting thing. So last week, so Philly has something to play for in the last week. They play the Giants, who have clinched playoffs this past week, and I think they are locked in uh, as the five seed because I'm sorry, as the six seed because they have the tie. So mm-hmm. Seattle can move, can stay at seven. So I don't know if the Giants have anything to play for. I don't know 
if they will start sitting guys for rest, knowing that they have to play the week after. So it could be a gimme game for for Philadelphia. We're just not sure yet. Yeah, I I, I feel like when you have a team that is playing off of emotion, um, like we called it the Saquon effect, free agency next year. Uh, Dayball has found something out of Danny Dimes that nobody else thought was going to be a thing. Um, they're, they're a very emotional, emotionally ridden team. I don't think you sit players when you have a team like that because you're riding the high of like your success. And like, if you just stop, like that could eventually impact your team because like, then you have to rev back up like the next week, as opposed to you just keep that momentum going. Um, if it gets to be a blowout early or like a two possession game, two score game by like the third quarter, maybe, but like, I don't see them just doing like the, the one drive and then sitting their starters. Yeah, I would consider it. Um, other games this week that interest you? Do you have anything else? Because I did want to touch on Dolphins Patriots. Yeah, uh, I know you wanted to go that route. Um, I would say the interesting game, just because I had called it, I had said that that team was going to take the division, obviously, was the Jags Texans game. Just briefly, I'm not saying that, you know, the Jags are world beaters, but we when we had our segment of saying, like, who is a team that you could see eventually getting into the playoffs? I said it was Jacksonville based off of their schedule that they had left and the way that um, Trevor Lawrence is playing, he, he didn't even have to play good. Their defense played phenomenal. They also had big plays. So it's like they're getting things – they're getting other players to step up that aren't named Trevor Lawrence, and they're winning, which is how you, you know, become a Giants of 2010, right, or Giants of 2012. Uh, you get that team that is just they'll host a home they'll host a home playoff game because they're a division winner, and then they get to round two and you're just like fuck I really didn't want to play these guys and who knows what happens out especially in the AFC the AFC is so finicky right now. Yeah, um, just to jump to the the Dolphins, it's a it's a strange season for them because I was singing all the praise for them after the first couple of weeks they looked unstoppable. Then obviously Tua goes out with the concussion. They they lose a bunch of games. He comes back. They look like they're getting it back on track. Um, and then they hit a tough patch in their schedule, and I think they've lost five straight now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of this team, really. Like we're almost at the end of the season, and I still don't know if they're good or not. I I think if everything was right, they'd be good. But the Patriots with Bill Belichick, you know, calling up the defense. He just had Teddy's number, and you know Teddy had to go out of the game with a hand injury. And Skylar Thompson, um, I think this was more an indictment of the, the lousy situation the Dolphins are in, quarterback wise, um, and just also Bill Belichick being a defensive maestro and calling the right defense. I mean, I think what they had, they had at least a pick six. I don't know how many interceptions they were in the game and turnovers, but it's just week after week with the Patriots. The offense isn't winning games; it's defense and special teams just carrying it for them. Yeah, it's strange. Um, not that it's a defensive team because the Patriots typically are a defensive team, um, but like they're getting it done at like key points, right? And like we've seen their like third string corner bring back a punt return for a touchdown to win the game. Um, we're seeing like last second bundle bundles on the offense. Like it's just a very strange like thing in New England going on where the quarterback is not the reason why they're winning. It's literally just their team just keeping close games and then having the other team make a mistake. Like that's how they're getting their wins. Um, I think the Dolphins, they're just a different team with the healthy Tua. And we got that stripped away from us when he got that first concussion. 
They were, you know, the 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 America's team, right? Everybody loved the Dolphins at one point when they were like eight and one or seven and one or something like that. And then Tua got hurt. The wheels fell off substantially. Even when he came back, you know, off of his first concussion, he still wasn't the same. He wasn't, the, you know, as good of, um, I think his QB percentage dropped significantly. He started throwing turnovers. Then he got concussed again. And then they put him back in, you know, a week or two later. And they're just like, hey, you're going to be all right. And he got concussed again. And it's just like, we, we talked about, like, you got to start thinking about the guy's life compared to just football. I don't know if we're there yet, but we just might be getting closer to introducing that being a factor for him. He just doesn't know how to get tackled. He's putting himself in danger by the way that he does get tackled, and it's hurting his team because of it. So I hate the fact that they were a really good team, you know, to start the season, and then they just fell off because of injuries. If you see a team fall off, I'd rather be because they just couldn't pull it together, not because people went down. Yeah, and just to jump back to the Patriots, I actually think the Patriots have a decent foundation. I, I'm not as low on Mac Jones as people have been. They have a good defense. Um, Belichick's still a great defensive coach. They just there's a couple checklist items that they can do in the offseason and they could be back as uh, I don't know, a lower seated playoff team next year. Obviously, fire the, the coordinators, right? They Bill Belichick just needs to get new friends because he only hires family and friends. He gets like the family friend discount. Um, just find someone who actually coaches offense and maybe grab a couple wide receivers that are halfway decent to help out help out the offense. And you know what? You'll have a halfway competent team, and who knows? You could be a five seed next year. Because I don't think they're going to win the division, obviously, with the Bills. But It's incredible that you said all of that shit as a setup, and then you essentially called them a play-in team. So it's like... <laughs> At the end I of the mean, day, I'm not gonna the, put him above Josh Allen. Right, books. I get that, and that's the that's the tough part, right? Where it's like, do you have the guy that's gonna elevate your team to the division, or are you just gonna be the essentially who's that team in the um who's it the the it's the Bengals, the Steelers, the Ravens, right? It's like you are you always going to be that third team, and that sucks, right? You're a playoff team, but you don't really make any noise when you're a playoff team because you're just the the best of the worst um and they're i think they're a quarterback away i know that you said that you're not as much on the hater train as most people are with mac jones i don't think he's it i said when he got drafted that he wasn't the you know the answer i could just tell by the way that he played at oakland at alabama and then he took a he took a step back by losing his receivers that he had at alabama and went to the patriots right like they had way more talent with rugs and all them boys uh in alabama but if if Mac Jones can figure out a way to pull it together where he's not part of the reason why they could lose a game, then maybe the Patriots can start making some noise. But he is more on the line of he might be the reason why they do lose a game compared to why they win one, which that's not a good area to be in. Yeah, he's your, he's your classic game manager. But if if you have a good defense and uh, you can find creative ways to score on offense, it works. To a T, I guess. To a T. To each their own. I think that's the phrase that people say. By by the way, with with Tua, like, do you think if if they make the playoffs, which I think there's a, a very fat chance at this point, I was trying to look look up the uh, probabilities, but would you if it would be morally abhorrent to put Tua back in at some point this season, right? You can't you let can't. him play again. You cannot. And like I said that after the first one. It's like you you can't do this. Like this is it's just too soon. We saw him like get up, stumble, and that was that was before the fingers, right? 
the first one where he hit his hand, he hit his head, and he went like this right after on the ground. Then he got up and then he stumbled and his lineman caught him. I was like, he can't, he can't be back for like four to five weeks after that. They put him back in like two weeks later. And then he got the fucking gang sign thing. Like that was bad, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That I can't might believe you call that. Yeah, the man's <laughs> brain is scrambled and bleeding, and you're saying he's throwing up gang signs. I mean, come on, man. Uh, out of respect to two, I love SEC quarterbacks. But what I mean by that is like he he got put in too early, and like I was talking about, it's a life problem if you're doing that. Then he got his third one. You you just gotta hey take the season. We'll reevaluate you in 2023, 2024. We can't afford to PR wise. The NFL will get absolutely. Actually, the NFL don't give a fuck. The Miami Dolphins will get absolutely ridiculed if they put Tua back in. The NFL keeps saying that they're all about safety. They don't give a shit about players. They really don't. They never will. So, like, the NFL isn't going to take a hit to it. But, like, the Dolphins management team, PR wise, yeah, a lot of people will start to frown on that organization if they put in a guy that's been concussed three times in the same season. Do we think that this is kind of like a permanent problem? Like, I know injuries are fluky, and especially we think like head injuries, they're, you know, they happen, but it's not like you have a bad shoulder that always gets thrown off. I'm starting to think at this point, like, this is a thing with Tua. And I don't know, at some point, do they have to like reevaluate what, like, can he be a full time starter in the future if this is kind of what happens to him? I know I've alluded it's to tough. it. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's not the ACL that like turns into the hamstring that turns into the other knee and it turns into the ankle, like one injury that's just hurting I'm everything pounding. else because of it. It's just injury, it's head injury, head injury, head injury. And I'm telling you, it like look at look at each time it happens. Brady has lasted as long as he this is the pump up Brady show, apparently. Brady's lasted as long as he has. Because he found out, he figured out a way to get tackled. He figured out a way that when he's about to get sacked, turtle. He found out a way that when he's getting wrapped up, like, let me pull my knees up so that somebody can't tear my ACL, right? Because he had it happen to him. Tua doesn't do that. He's a playmaker. He wants to try to play, make a play every single time he has the ball in his hands. That's a detriment to him because when he gets tackled, he hits the ground hard. Very fucking hard. I say the same thing with Chase Claypool. Like he hits the earth, and you got a big 250, 300 pound man also trying to tackle you and kill you. He doesn't know how to get tackled. And like that's not just a throwing motion to fix. Like that's a since he's been a kid, he's been getting hit that way and been able to bounce back up. You can't do that anymore when it's now the third time that you've been absolutely knocked the fuck out in, in an NFL game. Yeah, I'm just hoping that he gets well. And I don't know, man. Like, if this happens again next year, I don't know what they're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shall we transition to the final? Uh, you got something else. You one last thing. Green yeah, Bay? just one last thing. That was the only one that I wanted. Yeah, it was definitely Green Bay because I'm a JJ fan. Obviously, you see I'm wearing my LSU squad team um, gear here. But, like, wow. We, we kind of hinted that the Vikings were frauds. But, my goodness, when the lights are bright, Kirk Cousins, you like that? No, we don't like that. Like, he is not good. I'm sorry. And I know Jefferson tried to defend him, saying that y'all like to clown him. Well, there's a reason why we fucking clown him. It's because he does what he does in big games. And it wasn't even a Monday night game that he did it in. He, it was just a, a Sunday's 425 kickoff game. He got fucking annihilated. And 
just real quick because I, I I remember hearing this stat that like they were nine and one in one possession games and like the comparisons were against I think we said it off air uh, the comparisons were to the Bengals of last year the Bengals were able to find ways to get wins in close games I am pretty sure I don't have the schedule in front of me I'm pretty sure like five out of six of their one score games are against teams that aren't in the playoffs teams that are below five hundred. So it's like you are having to come back. One of them was the Colts that they were down 27, 30 to nothing, 30 to three. Like that's not a team that you should be happy that you came back against. You never should have went down to fucking Matt Ryan knowing he's going to blow the lead, unfortunately. But like Matt Ryan, 30 to three at halftime. And it's like you you lost the game. You, you're beating the Lions who didn't make the playoffs. You're beating the Jets who didn't make the playoffs. You beat the, the Patriots who may you got the, I think the um, the Cardinals was one of them. The Saints were one of them. And it's like, these are all teams that are bad and you're barely getting by. And now that we've seen them play the Eagles, we've seen them play the Packers and we've seen them play the Cowboys and they got fucking rocked by those teams. Hey man, it's not your year. Take your Bengals 13 and, you know, 2012 Bengals 13 and three record. Have fun being the two seed. We'll see you next fucking season because we know Marvin Lewis sucks as a coach. Like that's essentially what they are right now. Yeah, I'm. And just on the flip side, I'm still not buying the Packers as a legitimate threat. I don't trust mm-hmm. them still, even though they've had they've had a cra- crazy streak of uh, I don't know how many games they won in a row now to get back in the playoffs playoff chase. But I'm still not buying the Packers in that offense. I'll give you a quick uh, breakdown of it, the last five, as to why I don't believe in, unfortunately, we we believe in in A-Rod, but we don't believe in A-Rod and the Packers. Uh, Vikings, again, weird-ass game. Yeah. Oh, A-Rod. Dolphin, A-Rod. I was thinking thinking of a baseball player. A-Rod, yeah. (laughs) Aaron Judd. Uh, Dolphins, no to uh, Rams. We really don't need an explanation for that one. Bears, and then they got beat by the Eagles and the Titans before that. So it's like, let's take a look at the teams that they were playing when it comes yeah. to this little win streak that they're on compared to like what they could actually do if and when they make the playoffs. It's that time again, buddy. Mm, let's do it, baby. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. I still can't hear anything, but it looks like you have a good time. (laughs) I forgot because, like, I'm in the middle of obviously going crazy because it's it's what we do, obviously, here over at the Prison of the Grizz, but you weren't moving. And I was like, why the fuck is he not? Oh, he can't hear, can't hear shit. It. Yeah, so, <laughs> so my bad. I was uh, For those that aren't watching, and I don't care if you guys know it, like, there's no secret symbol. Like, you'll be able to tell exactly what the fuck I'm doing. So, like, I Trudeau's going to wait for me to give the signal for him to turn down the music, which is absolutely hilarious. So for those that it's- are listening tomorrow, it's great. But those that are watching right now, yes, you caught me. It's really not helpful when the person producing this show can't hear what's going on. But again, Usually that's why you gave, me the, you gave me the reins today because I'm running shit, right? Nah, man. Again, this again, all shouts go to Trudeau again. Doing what he's doing on the road is absolutely incredible. The floor is yours to start it off because I got a real good one to end with. All right. 
I'm glad you mentioned that I'm on the road because uh, this is probably the worst time to travel. I was hoping to listen to some podcasts on the way over here, get caught up with some sporting news. No podcasters are recording right now because of the holidays, you know, New Year's, Christmas. So I had a, I, I turned to AM radio. And let me tell you, <laughs> if you wonder why America is so divided, put on AM radio and listen and just flick through the stations. Holy shit. Everyone was just yelling and mad. And I'm like, what is wrong with all you people? <laughs> I don't have, I have nothing else just to say, don't ever switch to AM radio because it's absolute hell. I imagine when you're getting sucked down to hell when you die, they just make you listen to AM radio for like an hour. So, yeah, I don't think I've accidentally found my way on the AM radio waves. So, kudos for you but like yeah i mean that's that's all you i don't even think i've done that one like i said out of an accident i think it's like if i'm if i click on it i'm like oh oh, let me get out of there i'm not searching through the channels to try to listen to see what's going on i'm not that intrigued or like interested to find out so thank you for that i'll make sure that i don't ever listen to don't ever an a- don't AM ever. radio station but is that is that all you got for it that's all i got man all right man well hey buckle up your seats because i'm gonna go ahead and again Usually, I'm going to go ahead and give shouts, but like this one is going to be the selfish frizz to talk about. For all you motherfuckers that don't like to listen to our show, didn't want to listen to us when we did our pre-draft, right? We did a nice hour and a half long show of who to draft, you know, who's going to be some sleeper picks, who's going to have a great year. I don't give a fuck what y'all did this season. I won my motherfucking league. So a big shout to those that were able to listen in on one of the best drafted teams in the history of fantasy football. Go ahead, T. Give you the applause. Bro, what I'm saying is I have never been so fucking locked in in a draft. And that show that we did leading up to the draft, when I say hit, on every single player that I had from week one, let me just go ahead and list these off in a keeper league in which I got rid of probably two people. If that Josh Allen, Jerry, Judy, Cooper, Metcalf, Austin, fucking Eckler, MVP of the year. We got Nick Chubb, Devin Singletary, George Kittle, Chris Olave, Rashard white, not a single fucking miss on any of those goddamn picks. Maybe one or two free agent picks pickups mid-year, but my fucking goodness. 1,700 points put up, the highest in the league. Your boy was like, you know what? I could sit Josh Allen. I'm not going to do it. Unfortunately, I heard what happened in the fucking Bills-Bengals game, so I you got to read up on that one, man. That's a, a tough situation where a player collapsed. Oh, I just got a text on yeah. about that. So, like, I'll end it by just, you know, saying, you know, our best wishes to to the man that it, it did happen to. I don't want to say out of disrespect. I don't know his name, unfortunately. Uh, Damar Hamlin. Looks like he ha- he fully oh collapsed God. in the middle of the game. Yeah. So I won't go too much on, you know, gloating on that because, you know, life is more important. So, you know, make sure you guys take care of y'all close ones. Um we're not going to end it on a sad segment, but what I will say is for those that didn't get a chance to listen in on what we do, we're not reporters, but we like to have fun with what we do. So listen to us um, before we play our music to get out of here, because I say it every time that we're on stream, make sure y'all please take care of y'all bread. Y'all take care of y'all chicken. Y'all take care of y'all mentals. Y'all take care of y'all physicals. And we joke around when I say that type of shit, 
but it just means take care of yourself. Anything can happen at any point in time. We're not on this rock for a long time. We're here to try to have fun and take care of those that take care of us. Trudeau, my man, I love the fact that you're here. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Like I said, being on the road is not easy. I appreciate you guys that were able to chat. Again, hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. You can now find us on Facebook. Trudeau, get us out of here. Yep, appreciate you, buddy. And appreciate you all listening. Peace out, y'all.